Hey guys, it's Justin Lape with the Canes Country Podcast and at Canes Country. Um, we had on Andrew this week. Uh, Brett was a little bit under the weather, so we decided to roll with, with Andrew, and, and it was a great episode, but we ran into a little bit of technical difficulties. Uh, you may hear me out of your left ear and Andrew out of your right. Uh, we apologize for that, um, but we think the episode will make up for the technical difficulties, so um, listen and enjoy. You're listening to the Canes Country Podcast with Brett Finger, Justin Lape, and Kyle Morton. Welcome back to another episode of the Canes Country Podcast. We are rolling along towards the season, uh, but it looks like we've already um, suffered some preseason injuries because Brett is down, Kyle is down, but I have with me Mr. Andrew R. How are you doing today? Doing great. It's uh forward to the season here in less than two weeks we haven't had the pleasure of having you on yet can you introduce yourself to some of the uh listeners and readers but they've definitely read your stuff for a long time now but yeah just introduce yeah. yourself and, and and what you do and and how you got started with Kane's country yeah so um i'm a senior writer at Kane's country i've been there for two years um started in college uh just as a grew up a huge Kane's fan um Graduated now, so uh, got a job, but I'm still riding with Canes Country, and uh, happy to be back in Raleigh for my first Canes season in about four years. Wow, that that's dang. <laughs> Have you been able yeah. to attend any games while you've been away at college? And where'd you go to college? At? Yeah, yeah. So I went to Villanova. It's in uh, it's just north of Philadelphia. So uh, I was able to. I came home a lot. Um, so I was able to get some games in PNC. Like, I came home for most season openers because it lined up well with my, uh, most home openers because it lined up with my break. But, um, I, every time they were in Philly, I went and saw them. Almost every time. Maybe missed, like, one or two. But, uh, which, which was actually really fun getting heckled, uh, in, in the crowd there. So, I like uh, all the Philly fans. <laughs> so tell me, are Philly fans just the absolute worst? Um, you know, so I actually have a soft spot for Philadelphia because, wow. you know, I, I live there, and uh, also I got family from like kind of outside of Philly. Um, but yeah, no, they are the worst. Like <laughs> I, I'll be honest, um, the hockey fans are pretty bad. If you're like in a, like if you're, it's like one of those things where like if you're from Philly, then like you love it, and this is like your culture. But like if you're in a, like an enemy fan in that place, like yeah, like ever, you, like you're gonna hate that fan base. Like I, I feel like it's kind of similar to Boston almost in terms of like the. Like it's such a great, I think it's such a great sports culture to be a part of. But then, it everyone on the outside, like, doesn't like it so much, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. But um. So how did you get started as a as a Canes fan? And 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 was that just something? I mean, was it the Cup run? Was it before then? Like, how did, how did you first get into hockey? Yeah, that's a good question. I um. So like I said, my my grandpa's from up north. He's from Trenton. Um. And he, when I was like five or six, he was like, you know, you need to get on skates. You need to, it's what I did growing up. Like, this is what you're going to do. So I, um, he got me out playing like rink rats and carry when I was like six, uh, just crawling around on the ice, you know. And, um, I just got into youth hockey at that point. And then, like, my parents hadn't even, like, my mom grew up in Winston Salem and my dad grew up in Asheville. So, like, hockey wasn't on their radar at all. It was pretty much my grandpa. So then they, once I started playing, they got into it. My dad learned to skate. Uh, we picked up season tickets, I think the 2004 season. Um, so I was able to go to most games 
And uh, yeah, we we actually had season tickets for the 0506 Cup run, which wow. was uh, pretty incredible. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. But um, I think we had them for we dropped them in like 08, 09, I think, um, which is unfortunate. But we, but yeah, so I was pretty much been a huge huge fan ever since then. God. Wow. Yeah, we 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 had uh we we got tickets like thirteen the thirteen fourteen season and it was just a mess. <laughs> we had a lot of fun at the games, but you know that was a, a another playoffless season. Um, but I think I don't I don't even think yeah. I've ever explained how I got started in hockey. Um, back I think it was kind of the it was the original cup run, but fell short against Detroit. Um, you know, I was really young back then, oh, but I kind of got into like I was a huge fan of Jeff O'Neill back then, and 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 you know like Ron Francis and stuff like that. But yeah, and surprisingly, Jeff O'Neill is like the biggest jerk in in, in Canadian media right now. Yeah, um, I know that's unfortunate. Yeah, it kind of stinks because like he was like my he was I was such a big fan. Like I just loved the style of play, and like you know even as a kid, like you you were like oh this this guy's pretty cool, but no, it's just total yeah. opposite now. But uh. Yeah, um, and then and then the cup run, of course, can be anybody you know that becomes a fan on that for sure. Um, but that team was just so good. But um, speaking of teams that might be good, Andrew, are the Canes good? They started the preseason three and zero. Is it too early to get on the hype train? Yeah, you know, I don't want to be a cynic, but um, it, it might be a bit early. But like the thing is, the thing is like if. Like, there's so many people on this roster who are pretty much just getting their cup of coffee, you know? Like, it's... I mean, they're, they're not really going to be on the roster, but it's... To see, like, their style of play, like... Like, everyone looks so good, is what I'm trying to say. And, like, I feel like that can't be a coincidence, because, like... I mean, like, well, the Caps game, um, yeah, we kind of iced a, a little bit of a better roster than them, but... In Tampa Bay, like, the Tampa Bay games, you can't say that was the case... So, yeah. like, something about, uh, I, I don't know, maybe Rod Brendamore just really gets him fired up, you know? Yeah. Or um, maybe it's, like, you know, what we've been saying in the last couple of years, it's like, oh, we got the, these, like, cancers out of the locker room, like, et cetera, et cetera. But then, like, maybe that's actually what's happened. Because, like, uh, Ryan tweeted something out about um, Justin Falk. It was an interview with Justin Falk, like, you know, his first, like, interview without wearing a captaincy, without having the captaincy, and, like, he... He seemed like, like I think Brian said, is like he had like weight lifted off of his chest. Like he seemed like his body language was so much better than last year. And he was like, yeah, you know, that wasn't a great situation. He's like, I wasn't in a position to uh, say that last year, but <laughs> it wasn't a very great situation. Yeah. So he seemed a lot, you know, a lot happier with it. And I think that might be indicative of the, like the entire locker room. Yeah, and I, I, I think that yeah, you can definitely see that in that that first interview. I mean, he he totally looks like the weight has been lifted off his shoulders and and i'm not one to start really rumors but if if you know jeff skinner and, and bill peters didn't see eye to eye i mean i think there's there's enough like there to see that maybe falcon and him didn't see eye to eye um i yeah mm -hmm. with the captaincy i never thought that that was too much of a factor in hockey i always thought it was a narrative um, but if, if Falk's play turns around completely, I guess I'll go along with that narrative that, that, you know, the, the captaincy yeah. can really weigh you down and it, it considers to be such a weight. Um, but now what have you seen from them so far on the ice that, that you think that could roll over to the season? Um, I think that the biggest thing in preseason was the power play. 
um, which is almost weird that it's that it's running so well right now because like that was, I mean, Rod Brindmore was in charge of the power play the last couple of years, right? But now like I don't know, maybe it's a personnel thing. I don't know, but uh, the power play is on fire. And then also, I think a lot of people have been talking about it. It's just um, like for the first time, like it almost feels like we have some forward depth, like in like in the pipeline. So you like coming into camp, you know, there's all these names that are thrown out there, and then there's just like these random guys from like the Francis tenure who were just like pretty good players, you know, like, and you, it, I mean, we talk about them, but then it's just like, it, it feels weird. It's like, uh, it's like, I almost feel like, oh, we're not the one to pick jets, but like, it almost kind of feels like that. It's like, Oh, look at all these good players that are around, um, that, you know, we drafted like in the third round, like Fogel was like a third round pick, mm-hmm. uh, s- sneaky, good Francis pick there. Um, I think we're going to be saying that a lot over the next couple seasons. Is that like wow? You know, Francis drafted really, really well, um, and I think I think we're seeing that. And even like with uh, Zikov, like he's a stud. And I mean, that wasn't a Francis draft pick, right? That was a trade. Yeah. But I mean, just like things like that. There's like these like forwards that have been playing at Charlotte and like marinating. And last year we were frustrated because they weren't coming up. And you know, maybe maybe they were ready to come up last year. But I think we're just seeing it now. It's like there's a lot of good like uh, middle six forwards in in the pipeline. Maybe even like top six. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I think, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, Francis was a good drafter. Um, it was the, the personnel decisions that he made to like not go out and get the player to help or something like that. I think that was his ultimate downfall. But mm-hmm. you look at this the depth of this franchise from when he started to when he ended, and, I mean, it's done a complete 180. I mean, you know, you go from the bottom of most prospect rankings to now the top. I mean, I think it's without a doubt saying that we're among the top five, you know, put us wherever you want to in, in terms of, you know, farm system depth. Um, and yeah, just seeing them contribute at during the preseason just shows of how deep this, this franchise is now. It's just a matter of those players maturing. Um, one thing I saw during the preseason so far um, was if you remember back to the uh, lightning game when it was six, it was six to one. Uh, Slavin made it six to one on a shot um, from from the point, and he had Jordan Stahl and I think it was Furland or Zekoff in front of the net screening the goalie. And I I can't remember a time that they they had like a double screen in front of the net last season at all, and it worked. It got through traffic. It did what it, what it was supposed to do, and I think. I think that's something that Brendan Moore is kind of hounding in them is is to to create this net front presence, which they they really haven't had the past few seasons, um, and and I think that that that's going to pay huge dividends um, down the road. Now, what player or or yeah, what player or line have you seen um, that's impressed you so far? And are there any dark horses you would say that um, could make the team? Maybe someone that you you wouldn't put up there like a Svechnikov or something like someone a little bit lower. Yeah. So, um, I don't know through the first couple games, I'd say, uh, the dark horse, I think for me, it'd be on a, uh, uh it's Kukkonen, right? Yeah. Kukkonen, uh, Kukkonen. We, we don't we'll really know. Right Actually, I think it's Kukkonen. Yeah. 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 I know. It's uh, maybe we'll know soon, but, uh, I think for him, he looked really good. Uh, was I don't think I don't think it was last game. It was two games ago. Like, I think that he could, because I, I know that uh, I think Brendan Moore was saying was saying positive things about him, and then like we you know he's been buzzing around 
in our fan base too. Um, I think that's the guy that we could see like sneakily make the team. And I like the thing is like, I know we're gonna get to this later, but I thought that that guy this year like coming in, I was like, oh, you know, it's gonna be Sorella. But uh, obviously, we saw how that how that worked out. But uh, that's I was on his hype train at least before Traverse City because I'm like, hey, there's this guy that we never talk about. We completely forgot he was in the pipeline. Like he was from he was a pretty good pickup from New York like three years ago. I, I don't know, but that was my dark horse. So that's like a cold take now, and I would just want to get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, go ahead and get it out there. So just yeah. like last year, I I predicted the Coyotes were going to make the playoffs, and I honestly I might go with it again. If I was wrong this year, it might that's be not di- a bad might, pick this year. It might be different. It might be different. Um, but yeah, Yanni is always a guy that it seems like he's right there. It's just a matter of time until he gets in and where his role will be. Um, because he's such a versatile player too. You know, he he can he's good, you know, defensively. He's good offensively. I mean. It's just a matter of, of where to fit him in the lineup. Um, but also somebody who made their debut, and we never got your take on the trade, uh, was Dougie Hamilton, and he was able to score as well. So, um, yeah, your thoughts on, on Hamilton in a Canes uniform so far, and, and, yeah, what do you think about that trade as well? Oh, he's a monster. He is. I love it. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I've discussed this. I've talked about this before, and, like, I feel like Lindholm and Hannafin were kind of just like these relics on our team that were just like, ah, oh, you know, they're former first round picks, but like they haven't really reached their potential. But like, like, I don't know. Lindholm was a very exciting player and Hannafin was also had like this insane potential. But like, as Brian had said a couple of days ago, it's like, well, we pretty much traded Hannafin for his potential and we got back what Hannafin could be in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, if you think about it like that, it's kind of a good trade on our end and like in Calgary, they'll, They'll talk about how great Hannafin can be, but, you know, we'll see. So um, I love what Hamilton brings to the table. Like, uh, the first game he was out there, I was, like, watching him skate around. It was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, th- this is a true, like, top-pairing right defenseman. You know, and, like, I know we've seen flashes of that with Falk over the last couple years, but um, I think Hamilton's on another level. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um yeah, it's it's very exciting. And and with the potential thing, I think Hannafin I think we gave him too much leeway. Uh you know, sometimes they say defensemen take longer to develop it. And while that may be true, um somebody like the past few years that's been pretty dominant at a young age is Charlie McAvoy, um, who we didn't select. Uh we went with Jake Bean instead, but you know, no one's salty about it. We got enough defensemen, we don't need another one. Um but yeah, I yeah. Mean, I mean, going back to that 2015 draft, like a couple players, like Provorov was taken after Hannafin, and Wierenski. It's too. a better player. Wierenski yeah, Wierenski, too. Yeah, who is a stud. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think it was too much too much leeway, and you know, if he was in a different market, maybe the expect expectations would have been a lot higher. Um, but I think yeah, it was too it was waiting too long. When I when I first saw the rumors back then, I I was thinking, oh, Lindholm, yeah, it's his time to go. He's proved that. He's not the player that was warranted a you know a fifth overall selection. Um, I always felt like that, but then with with Hannafin, I was like, oh really? We're gonna we're gonna throw him in? We don't know it. But then seeing the return and getting Hamilton back and already you know kind of making an impact in the preseason. Um, while it is the preseason, I'm, I expect him to do that in the regular season as well. But um, yeah, it's just it's kind of reassuring almost that yeah you got. Hannafin's potential now instead of 
you know, waiting another three years to maybe he could be a player like Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's like his upper ceiling too. Like, uh, I mean, like if if I take an unbiased look at this, like I feel like Hannafin might just. I mean, he was taken fifth overall. He's supposed to be a number one D, and yeah. uh, it looks like right now, I mean, he could be a top four guy. A solid you know, top and, four guy, yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no, that's no slight on him. I mean, he's still a very competitive NHL yeah. player, and it's it turned out better than Ryan Murphy did. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, good for them, but um, yeah, that team. What do you, what do you feel like the Flames are going to be this year? You know, ah, uh, man, I I've been watching the Flames, man. I watched a couple games, because uh, I kind of like there's these. I, I know I shouldn't let this bother me. These Flames people on Twitter, and they're like, oh, you know, like, uh, I heard, like, Bill Pierce is a great coach, and the Hurricanes couldn't put it together because they don't have goaltending. And it's like, well, yeah, like, that might, that's what it looks like from the outside. But then, like, you look at just, like, these person, if you would just, like, watch Kane's games over the last couple of years, just, like, these funny personnel decisions. Like, I really think that's what it comes down to. And, and, like, the goaltending thing, like, yeah, we have had bad goaltending in the past couple of years, but, like, Something about like the Bill Peters era in Carolina, you just burn goalies. Like every goalie, you just burn through them. And I don't understand. Like these goalies have had success in other, like on other teams. These aren't just like these random throwaway goalies or anything. It's just I, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how Peters does like in another, like with another team, in another market. Um, Still with Derek Ryan. <laughs> yeah, still Which with Derek weird. Ryan. Just couldn't get rid yeah. of Derek Derek Ryan and Elias Lindholm. It's, so. Dude, it's it's hilarious, honestly. Like, but that to is be too fair. Perfect. But to be fair, now he has Johnny Goudreau, which is probably the most talented player he's had. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. as as a head coach. So and um, Sean Monahan. Yeah, Sean Monahan. I mean, good, they, some good forwards. Yeah, it's just a matter of them like putting it all together because i mean their pieces are all there too for sure um but the west is so much more competitive um i i mean that's no slight against the east i think the parity around the nhl is pretty tight but um yeah i mean that especially in that market too i mean he could he could almost be fired this year too you know like if they don't start how the how you know the management expects them to then he could be without a job pretty quickly i mean he was given a lot of time here yeah, and, like, even then, like, I mean, we have goalie problems. Like, I'll be the first to admit that. But, like, the Flames aren't sitting on, like, Carey Price, you know? I mean, Mike Smith, like, he's had some good years. I, I don't. I think most people in that market, though, would say, like, yeah, like, your goalie, the goaltending could be a problem here um, in the future, and it has been in the past, so. Yeah, and um, speaking of goaltending, though, three goals allowed for the Canes over the first three preseason games. Anything you're seeing, or is it still way too early to to be determined? Um, you know, I don't want to put anything into goal. T- like I, I'll say that I don't think either either guy has looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it, it's also just preseason. Um, which it's almost like we've got like a double standard here because because we talk about how great the teams looked, but I mean. I don't think I've seen any red flags. Um, I still have faith in Darling and the offseason that he's had. So uh, with Mirazik, though, like, I mean, I, it's about what I'd expected, you know, from him. But I, I'm still, like, holding out hope that, you know, once the season starts, these guys get in a rhythm. Like, right now, I, I feel like for goaltending, 
it really is all about a rhythm. And, like, you know, you're playing twice, three times a week, whatever it is. Like, these goalies catch this rhythm, and then they, you know, they, they start to sneak up on some pretty good numbers. And I think that's what we're going to have to look for with Scott Darling, because I think he's going to come out as a starter this year. But I'm hoping that we can plug in Mrazek for in, like, a limited 20-25 start role, and he'll, like, look as good as, like, any other backup in the league. So you believe that, that Darling is the, the number one goalie without a doubt, not a 1A, 1B situation? Yeah, you know, I'm sick of the 1A, 1B thing um, in Carolina. I don't think that works. I can't really point to a situation around the league where it has worked. Uh, maybe you could say, like, the Caps situation last year is almost a 1A, 1B, but I still think that if you have Grubauer in a true, like, 1A slot, he doesn't, which he's about to be in, right? Which he's about I, to I think be he, in, yeah. Yeah, I think he doesn't play as well as he did. Like, I mean, he's on a Stanley Cup team. Like, playing. I mean, anytime Grubauer steps in, you're usually not playing the best teams in the league. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't buy the one A one B thing. Quite honestly, I think that we need to find a good starting goaltender here, and then and then the second guy can backfill and win some hockey games. You know, I, th- I think that's how like most good goalie tandems work. Yeah, and with Grubauer, I mean. He didn't have the best defensive core in front of him, but he was guaranteed basically four goals of offense each night, so he had a little bit of leeway there. Um, going to Colorado, I mean, it's it's you know it's a lot it's a lot different. You know that team was never the greatest in terms of puck possession and in some of their underlying numbers, but um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how he he performs this year. But um, yeah, so with with Darling and Morazic kind of being able to fill the spot for now. Um, Anything you're seeing out of out of Helvig or Nadelkovic or or Booth that you think could could be a goalie down the road? Yeah, you know, I think they all have potential to do that. Um, I know Helvig has looked great, and then Booth looked good. Uh, I don't remember what game it was. He made a sweet save though. Um, I think it was that. Tampa I want to say it was the game. Yeah, I think it was the second Tampa Bay game. He looked he's looked really good. Um, but I think personally, like. I mean, I'm not, I'm no goalie expert. Like, I will say that up front. But personally, like, I, th- I really like what I've seen from Helvig, um, you know, in camp this year. And like, it was a guy like I think a couple years ago we were thinking like, you know, like Ned's probably gonna be like the next guy here. But now, I mean, if I had to bet on it now, I think I think it'd be Helvig. Really? Just based on what I see from him, yeah. Like, hmm. he's been, I think he's looked really good this camp. Yeah, Brett's one that's kind of high on Helvig too. Um. From what I've seen in Charlotte, um, Nedeljkovic in his rookie year was was very bad. He was not the transition was very tough for him. Um, I mean, his save percentage was below 800. Um, you know, and he just he always looked very frantic and and just was never calm in net. It was almost kind of like the Darling transition this year. Um, with that being said, in his second season, much better. I mean. He got the, you know, what, he was second in wins, I think, or, or tied for first. Um, which, you know, that's a testament to the the checkers' depth, of course. But, um, you know, improved his save percentage and his goals against average, for sure. Um, I think this season will truly be telling. Um, he's probably going to roll in with the number one spot. Uh, and then it's, you know, it's it's a fight between Booth and Helvig for, for number two. Um, with Helvig already going down there and being one of the eight players sent down, um Maybe he impresses Volucci early. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I I I think that Nadelkovic will probably have number one in net. And this is this is kind of I I would say 
his do not necessarily his do or die year that like he's going to be out of the, the thing, but it it will really be telling of of what player he's going to be down the road. Um, but with that being said, yes, Helvig among the eight players sent down, including Steven Lorenz, Cliff Pooh, Alexi Sorella, Spencer Salmon, Josiah Didier, Michael Foray, and Josh Wesley. Now, do any of those names surprise you? I think I think I know which one does. Yeah, um, yeah. As we, I kind of already spoiled this, but I, Alexi Sorella, like that's that's depressing because if you look back at that trade, like. I mean, you got to you got to consider the trade and the the scope of time that it was executed because, like, at the time, Eric Stahl is a twenty goal scorer and he's slow, and most people are saying he's over the hill. He goes and he has a terrible time in um, New York, right? Mm-hmm. He scored like two goals that year in New York, so we get I think we got two seconds in Sorella. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, those two two seconds are pretty good picks, but like, this was a franchise center, Eric Stahl, like you know, he's. He's a very good. He was a very good player for a long time, and then he goes out and he goes to Minnesota and he has a renaissance. He scored like seventy goals over the past two seasons, right? Like, like <laughs> this is an amazing player. And then we basically traded him away, and we get Sorella back, and it's like, well, these are futures. Like Sorella looks like he could be a very good player. And then like, I know a lot of people in the New York market were pretty upset that they lost Sorella because he looked like a great prospect. And then you just don't. We haven't heard anything from about this guy hardly. Yeah. Like, um. I think he he's had some injury problems, right, with yep. the last couple seasons. But and it's just, just depressing. Like yeah, yeah, and he's just fr- he always seems frustrated when he's on the ice. When something doesn't work out, he you could actually see the attitude a little bit. Um, I've I've been able to witness some of his you know just in practice. I mean, he just gets very frustrated, and I think that he has high expectations on himself. Um, I think he's a talented player. It's just a matter of bringing it all together and, and, and getting over that hump. I mean, he's still young, so he could be a late bloomer. You, you don't know, but he, you could say that his his time here is almost running thin because, yeah, as you said, it was a first-line center in, in Eric Stahl, and now you see what he did in Minnesota last year. Eric Stahl still got it. I think he could still put up 50 to 60 points this year. Um, yeah, 42 you know, goals last season. 42 goals is not something That's to ridiculous. shake your head at. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 33 I'm, years old. Are you okay? Here, here's a little off topic. Are you hoping more or less for kind of an Eric Stahl reunion tour, maybe? And if if oh, he's man. a piece that they could add, maybe at a deadline when this team's you know finally rolling towards the playoffs, whether that's this year or 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 you know three years down the road, are you? Do you see an Eric Stahl reunion tour in in the future? Yeah. So I got to be honest. I actually was thinking about this just the other day because I'm I'm looking at uh, it was when we were writing the uh, Central preview. Because I'm looking at Minnesota, and I'm like, man, Eric's in another contract here. He's going to get paid again. Like, he's going to get some money, especially put up 42 last year. If he has a decent year, he's going to get paid a good bit of money. And I was thinking, like, man, you know, we might be in a position where we need somebody like that. But then I'm like, you know, no, no. It's like dating your ex. Like, he was a captain here for so long. I think any time you throw him back into the mix in this locker room, it's going to be weird. Especially if there's a good thing going on. It's like, um... It's kind of like if we have a great season, then it's like throwing uh, some guys into the Vegas locker room last year. Like maybe it's not such a great idea, especially if it's like Eric Stahl, a former captain. I think it might feel weird here. Um, I'd love to see it for nostalgia, but like I almost feel like if it goes wrong, it'd be like the most Canes thing ever, and it'd be really depressing. So I'm going to say no. I, I hope not. I, I would like him to retire as a Kane. Um but I don't know if we need to like bring him back here and expect him to be like 
a top line center because I mean we looked for that for years when he was younger and it didn't work out. Do you think that his number is for sure retired to the rafters? Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I mean, you could consider what happened with the team. Like, while he was here, yeah, it wasn't great looks when he was a captain, but, like, just look at his numbers. Yeah. It's among among the franchise best, for real. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Sorella disappointing in that trade, but, um, yeah, more cuts should be coming. They may even happen before this podcast is posted. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so if you've been able to, um, for the first time in the past, I think it's four seasons, um, the checkers are having a head coach return, um, because it's just been kind of musical chairs. I mean, old Samuelson, uh, Jeff Daniels, I mean, it's kind of, kind of been musical chairs a little bit. So, um, with Volucci coming back in the second year coaching, what impact do you think will have on some, some of the younger players? Yeah, I know. I mean, when they brought Volucci on, I think everyone was pretty excited about that hire. Um, and I think, I think he's a great coach. And I honestly think that like sending guys like, um, I don't know, Zikov back or uh, Nechas and Sveshnikov, like, I think that might actually be really good for their development. Even if that's not very exciting as a Canes fan, but like. I think the idea of them playing some games in the AHL, like for Volucci, like in a more sheltered role, uh, against worse competition, getting used to the North American ranks, like I think that might be a very good thing, especially with like how, how well Mike Volucci has done with a lot of these other guys, like some of these mid range picks that we were talking about earlier. I mean, I, I think it would be very, be a very good thing. Like, I think that Francis last year got so much hate for leaving people in Charlotte when we needed help up front. Um, and I still think he, he should have brought some guys up. But I think he kind of knew what was going on down there with Volucci, like, that these players are getting, like, some very, you know, very valuable development down there in Charlotte. So, yeah, I'm kind of, like, in the camp where I, I'm more um, supportive of guys spending a lot of time in the AHL, especially when you have such a good system down there. Like, they're not just rotting in Charlotte. You know, they're playing for Volucci for, like, a really, really good hockey team. So mm-hmm. I think that is very valuable. Yeah, and they were more competitive last year than they've been in a long time. So, um, yeah, this this the team down there is nothing to shake your head out of. If you can get out to Charlotte for a game, I mean, might as well. This is this is not a bad – you're not watching scrubs down there. You're watching possibly some, some future players for the Canes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're going to be very competitive again. Um and I think that uh, something we'll have to look for is kind of uh, someone I expect to be sent down within the next few cuts is, is Jake Bean. Um, and he's going to be a guy that this will be his first, like, real pro year. So um, it seems like it's been a long time coming. And, and you know, his fellow draftee there, Julian Gauthier, will, will, it will be another player to watch. Um, but, yeah, I think and I think that last year with those call-ups, um, one thing that was – I think people kind of waited on what was Zekoff. You know, they saw how many goals he was putting up. Um, but it, it was a matter of, does he keep that up at the next level? Um, and that's something that he's going to get, you know, more time on ice in, in the NHL this year. I don't really expect, I expect him to make the opening night roster, and I don't expect him to be sent down anytime soon. Um, but, you know, through those first few months, we it will be a real telling if, if he is the player he was in the AHL. So, um, yeah, definitely some talent there. 
But we are going to transition into our central division previews. Um, we've already talked about the Atlantic and the um, Pacific. So if you want to check out those last two episodes, uh, we also have an article on canescountry.com uh, featuring the central division. Andrew and I wrote it. Um, so, so be sure to check that out. But uh, getting started, um, Andrew, is the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, this is a team okay. that didn't make the or didn't make the playoffs for the first time in nine seasons. So they've been a com- very competitive team over basically the past decade. Um, what are your thoughts on them and, and, and where they're at this year? Well, I think the Chicago Blackhawks are in. Um, people always say we're not real, we're not uh, rebuilding, we're retooling. And I think that's what we saw last year. Like they've got those like the core locked up still um, for the next couple of years and. They're not necessarily. They weren't in a bad position last year. Like they didn't play well the whole season, and like <laughs> obviously, I mean, they just added uh, one of the best backup goalies in the NHL in Cam Ward to the to the mix. So maybe he gets 25 games there and um, plays as well as he did in a backup role here. Uh, that'd be pretty pretty cool to see him light it up there. But I think that um, honestly, I don't think they're a playoff team again this year. Um, just because of how stacked that central already is, like we'll get to it later. Like, uh, there's, there's <laughs> that that division is ridiculous. So, like, I think that you know they'll be a competitive team, and um, people will still show out there in Chicago to see them play. But I, I don't think they're a playoff team. Yeah, I mean they're they're a very interesting team. Yeah, the re- retooling. It seems like they did in between their cup years too. Um, you know, Dustin Bufflin mm-hmm. wasn't even a part of the team, the next cup that they, they won, you know, it, it's so yeah. weird, but, uh, yeah, they, they got some, some good young guys, uh, DeBrin Katz good, Smaltz is good. Um, I think it was surprising that they ended up keeping Brandon Saad, uh, after he was kind of basically, they were inferring that he was out the door cause I mean, he, he dropped off a little bit last year compared to the previous year. Um, but you know, adding adding Ward, adding Davidson, adding Kunitz, um, that's that's not enough for a team that just missed the playoffs. Um, and especially Corey Crawford said he's he's not feeling a hundred percent. So Ward will actually probably be opening night starter. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. And I think they have they have Forsberg back there as well. So with with Ward and Forsberg kind of starting the season off. I don't know. You you can't really lose Yikes. your footing too much in that division. The division's just too strong. So, um, yeah, not not high on them. Um, but then again, you still have a bunch of talented players like Kane and Taze and, and Keith. So, um, I don't know. It's just the way I put it in in our our preview online was that they're they're they'll probably end up being somewhat competitive, but they're going to be winning a lot of six five games. So. Um, yeah, the defense is still looking a little shaky, um, but yeah, I mean they're they're going to be in some trouble. Yeah, especially with Keith slowing down. Um, you know, I mean that's that's you think about like when you think about the Blackhawks, there's all these these this sick core who has logged some serious mileage. Like they've played in so many playoff games, gone so deep in so many runs that like Duncan Keith has been a number one D there for so long, and he's like he's slowing down. I mean, he just is. And that's to be expected from a veteran defenseman who's gone deep in like five out of the last six playoffs. You know, like I mean, that's a lot more. That's a lot more time to be playing hockey each yeah. year. 
Yeah. I think that weighs on a player. And going back to Brandon Sad, like, didn't we almost didn't we almost pull trigger with Falk on him? Wasn't that a rumor? Yeah, um, that that was a long time rumor for a while. And and yeah. honestly, I I always thought it made sense because now I mean Falk could be almost a third pairing defenseman, and he's not. I yeah. mean, on any other team, he's top four. But it's hard to to you know move. I mean, I guess maybe DeHaan could be moved to that to that third pairing, but it's hard to, to kind of... You're probably going to keep Slavin and Hamilton together. Um, and Pesci and DeHaan yeah. makes sense, too. So to put Falk with, you know, whether it's TVR, Flurry, McEwen, I mean, anybody, um, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be kind of weird. So it almost feels like you have too much of a good thing. But, um, yeah, I'm really yeah, surprised that that trade never went through. I could see... Um... That is odd. Yeah, I could see Falk with Flurry. I think that might make the most sense. But then, yeah, yeah, like, because I, I like I Brett tried to point out. On. Yeah, and Brett tried to point out the last uh, last episode was that TBR just signed the contract too. So almost. Yeah, what Fleury, is he a seventh D now? Yeah, or is Flurry the seventh? That's. I guess that's what we're gonna see the rest of. Somebody's rest playing of the on their offside. Yeah. basically. I mean. Yeah, and and. Huh. It's it's weird there too because it seems like Flurry kind of proved that okay, I'm here to stay a little bit more. Um, didn't get the offensive input, but he was never expected. He's not going to put up 40 points a year. That was not why they drafted Flurry. He's a big dude. He can, you know, he's kind of more of a stay-at-home defenseman. Just, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now now it's kind of weird with TVR there. Um, I really think just someone has to go, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a trade. I. I think that it's just yeah, it's just too much of a good thing. And then you have a bunch of plug and plays down down below. Even Trevor Carrick, I mean, is a guy that could could come up and play, you know, bottom pairing minutes. Um so mm-hmm. yeah, definitely something to watch for. But up next we have the Colorado Avalanche. Um can you say that they are in the best position of anyone this year? Um because they have like, that Ottawa pick. I mean, come on. That that just seems oh, like yeah. it just seems like a shoe in almost. I mean, they they have no pressure on them whatsoever, it seems like. Mhm. I mean, they're like I mean, they had a pretty good season last year. They seem like a decent club, but like I think it might be one of those situations where you see the Avalanche regress a little bit. Mhm. Um and like you said, like they they do have that pick, so like they're kind of sitting pretty. But the thing is, they've got all these these studs. Like that's just like Colorado. You kind of forget about them because like they haven't had they haven't had a great time in the last couple of seasons. I think they made the playoffs like three years ago, right? And that was that was the last. And then like last year. But then I mean, it feels like I don't know. It's tough. It's tough for me to like predict uh, what's going to happen with Colorado in the Central. Because like I feel like they could sneak into the wild, like a wild card spot, but I just don't, I don't see them beating out like either the Winnipeg Jets or like the Nashville Predators or the St. Louis Blues. Blues, like, yeah. like how do you? I mean, so I think they're pretty much like stuck in a wild card spot. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, and yeah, it's hard to predict them because it was forty-eight points the season before, and then they had ninety-five last year. So it's kind of a roller coaster really um and it's another like one of the biggest uh deltas over two seasons i think i read that yeah like it was yeah. one of the biggest changes ever between like two seasons with the same team 
Yeah, and and the reason why they caught so much fire was was Nathan McKinnon. I mean, he was he basically put oh, together yes. a heart trophy heart trophy worthy season. Had the voters just not gone with Taylor Hall, but um, he had like ten more points. Like, yeah, that's what yeah. I don't. Uh, I feel like he deserved it. But I, Taylor, Hall I think he deserved it too. And that that was something we it was our kind of like our season finale episode. Uh, we debated the heck out of this uh, with each other, but I really thought Nathan McKinnon was was the heart trophy winner last year. I mean, oh. you really is the team that went from forty eight to ninety five. I mean, they went and they went to the playoffs. So it was like. I don't know. It just didn't didn't make sense. But um, so they bring in Grubauer. Now you you have some apprehensions there for sure. Uh huh. So I mean, he's he's kind of supposed to be like Varlamov's um successor, right? I think that was their more idea. More or less. More or less. <sighs> I mean, Grubauer. I, I think he's a solid goalie. I don't know. Like. I'm soured because of all the situations we've had here where we've brought in guys who have looked good in, like, maybe a starter role, and then they come here, and it's, like, not what you expect, you know? But I think... I don't think he's going to look as good as he did last year. Like, last year he was... Like, uh, they started him... They started him, like, in a in a playoff series for, like, three games. I think it was the first... Was it against the Penguins? I can't remember. I just remember that they literally sat Holtby for, like, two games and played Grubauer, and it was, like... What? <laughs> it's like Braden Holtby, and you're like playing Grubauer. But I mean, he he looked that good that like they thought that they could do that. So I don't know. I, I don't want to make I don't want to make any like hot takes about it now, and then just get burned in like three months <laughs> when it's putting up like an oh, all star level. The season. preseason <laughs> is the time for hot takes, so you go ahead and let them lose. But um, That's true, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, up next we got the St. Louis Blues. Now this is a team that they did a retooling, uh, more or less. But man, it was an impressive one for sure. They added, uh, they brought back David Perron, which was kind of weird. I always thought that was weird, and they signed him for four years. Um, Chad Johnson for um, goalie, uh, Carter Hutton out the door, and Patrick Maroon. But then they they made one of the bigger trades, and it seems like the longest rumored trade was for Ryan O'Reilly. So this is a team that already has Vladimir Tarasenko. Alex Petrangelo and Jake Allen. So, so what do you think of this blue squad? Yeah. So first of all, I'll say this blue squad. They are like, they're studs. Like I'm, I'm predicting that they they could be like one of the best teams in the Central. And that's what I think because like we forget about the Blues because they've been overshadowed by the Hawks for years, but they have been a consistently like really solid hockey team. And like they're huge and they're scary and they got a lot of goal scorers. Like I'm on this I'm on this wagon, but I will say. I think their best pickup, well, obviously Ryan O'Reilly is a, a huge get for them. I mean, he's going to be great. But then I'll say, like, I really like Patrick Maroon as a pickup here because, like, I know he's, he's like, from St. Louis. He loves the Blues. He's, he's happy to be back. He took a hometown discount, and he had, um, like, close to 30 goals two seasons ago with Edmonton. Like, as and then last year, I think he regressed a lot. Let's see how many he had. Um. Not nearly. He had 17 goals last year between Edmonton and New Jersey. But, like, if he can get back to a place where he's putting up almost 30 goals, he's making, like, $2.5 I think. Like, mm-hmm. that's a great deal for a guy like that. And, like, he's playing at home. I, th- I think he'll be a really great player for them. Um, now, do you so think many Jake great Allen, acquisitions. Do you think Jake Allen can hold it down? And and do you think Chad Johnson – I mean, Carter Hutton played really well last year. 
I mean, I know they didn't make the playoffs despite 94 points, but Carter Hutt was pretty solid and, and has been. Uh, do you think that tandem tandem works? Um, I mean, Jake Allen's back, right? Like, he, is he 100%? Uh, I think I think I'm not actually yeah, yeah, sure. He's, I think he's getting. I think he's he's 100%. I want to say. Yeah, I mean, I think if he's injury free, then I don't think they'll have an issue in the back there with him. I mean, it's. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it's it always kind of comes down to goaltending, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially it with and it like when it comes like you know, there's all these great teams. It kind of just comes down to who's got the better goaltender. So yeah. that could be something to watch for. I mean, we know that Winnipeg's set in goal. We also know that Nashville's set in goal. For yeah, the most part, for sure. So I, I think, like, when you look at the central like this, like you got to look at goaltending almost to separate a couple of these teams. So yeah, I mean, I still think, I still think the St. Louis Blues, like their lower bound, is the third spot in the central. But then, like, the thing about the third the third spot in the central is like you got to play a sweet, like, an awesome team in the first round. So I mean, yeah, it, I I think they're fine with Allen. Um, they're going to make the playoffs either way, even if like Allen maybe doesn't have like a particularly great year. But I still think that like for them to get over the hump and like go far in the playoffs, which is which is so hard for them to do, then they're going to need somebody like like Allen's going to have to have an exceptional season. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, but speaking of goaltending and a team that it always seems like it comes down to goaltending for them is the Dallas Stars. Uh, they had a busy off season. Um, they ended up. Locking up Tyler Sagan, uh, who was going to be probably John Tavares 2.0, could you say, next offseason? Um, yes. Unrestricted free agent, star rookie, or st- excuse me, star veteran center, um, and just an all around very talented player. Um, they So they brought in Anton Hudobin, former Hurricane, of course, um, to take over their backup spot to Ben Bishop. Um, what do you think of this team and, and where they're at? And do you think that they kind of get over the hump and either compete for a wild card spot or a spot in the division? Yeah, um, I kind of have a soft spot for Dallas because uh, I I really like Jamie Ben. I like Sagan. I mean, that's like a like if those two guys played in like uh, I don't know Boston, like in East Coast market, we talk about them so much more, but. That is like that is a sweet line, like um, when they're playing together, and it's now that they're both locked up for like so much money, dude. It's like I think it's nine and a half and eight and a half or something. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that um, they're definitely in. I, I said in the preview that I think they're in like a win now mode, um, even though like they haven't made the playoffs. But like, you know, they got Ben Bishop on the back end. Like, I think the biggest issue that I saw when I look at that roster is uh, the defense. They lost. I mentioned that they lost um, a pretty good shutdown pairing. Um, so they brought in a couple defensive guys. I still think that the biggest issue for them, like like as another team, where like yeah, they could probably score like seven goals a night <laughs> or something like that. But it's like how I mean, how well can they do? Are they just going to leave um, Ben Bishop out to dry completely or what? I, I can't imagine this team's going to take a top three spot in the Central. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough, and especially you add a guy like Roman Polak, and I don't I don't know. That's just it's, it's very interesting. Um, now I do believe I can't recall his name. Heskinen, Heskinen, um, the the guy they selected third overall like two years ago. 
Um, I think uh-huh. he's going to step in this year from what, from what I've heard. Um, I'd like to see what he can do too. Um, yeah, this team, it's, it's, it's so weird. It's just like they, they have no clear direction. Their offense is solid. I mean, you, with guys like Ben and Sagan, I mean, it's hard not to, to put up good offensive numbers, but yeah, the defense is, is looking a little suspect. Um, I think it really just comes down to how Ben Bishop, you know, does he play like the Ben Bishop, uh, from the lightning, you know, or does he look like more how he did last year? So, uh, yeah, that will be an interesting team for sure. Um, but we're moving on to the Minnesota wild and the aforementioned Eric Stahl. Um, what do you think of this team? I mean, they, they didn't do too much. It seems like, uh, kind of just stayed put and you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it, I guess. So, so what do you think? Yeah. Like they're kind of a team, um, without an identity almost like it's weird that uh they're a weird team in the sense that like they've been a good team for so long um Boudreaux seems to have them firing on all cylinders every year but like I don't know what it is man they they have all this like I talked about it in the preview they have all this just like great offensive talent like that you just don't talk about much but it's always there it's like reliably scoring 20 to 30 goals like yeah. these middle six guys but it's like um I think there was some regression last year, and uh, Parise, like, I th- it was a really sad story. He, like, hurt his ankle, finally came back from it, was playing awesome, like, over a point per game, and then he took a hit, broke his sternum. So, like, uh, if he can, I think he's going to be healthy for the season from what I read. So, like, I mean, I think for this team to get over the hump, you need, like, a healthy Parise in the lineup, playing as well as he was last year when he wasn't injured. Uh, there was also some regression from uh, Coyle and a couple other guys, so it's kind of a team that's like they—they're like uh, the sun is setting on the Minnesota Wild in this era, anyways, because uh, like, all these guys are getting older, um, Eric Stahl included. Um, so I think for them, for them to be like they're gonna—I think they'll make the playoffs, but they're gonna have to like win a playoff series. <laughs> like I know that sounds dumb, but it sounds challenging for them though. <laughs> you know? Yeah, seriously. I mean, Eric Saul is in a contract year. I mean, if they don't have a great year, like you were talking about earlier, we we could see Eric Stahl um, as another. Which is funny. Like three years later, he might also be the hottest commodity at the trade deadline. Honestly, so Honestly. yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you do like that defensive core a lot. Um, but it just seems like below their, their top six forwards, I mean, the bottom six is rough. It's pretty rough, I think. Um, and Devin Dubnik, I mean, he, I think he is one of the NHL's greatest stories. I mean, he went from, from basically nothing in Edmonton to like Vezina trophy candidate for like three straight years. I mean, it, it, it's insane. Like he, he has really been, been something, um, but it's just a super competitive division, and I, I mean, just most of the teams we mentioned before could could honestly be it. May, maybe you know not Chicago or Colorado, um, but I don't know. And we still have two more to go here, and and yeah, the Wild just just I don't I don't think they're good enough. I don't think they're good enough. I don't think you'll see them compete in this division this year. Um, they'll definitely need a retool. 
I think after this year and, and to kind of yeah. I, I re-identify themselves and what they're going to be. Are they going to get younger and, and faster and which is very important in this NH, this year's, you know, this type of NHL. Um, uh, you know, yeah, Ryan something Cedar's, I will say. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's inter- interrupt you, but uh, the, I didn't talk about the defensive core and I think it's a very underrated defensive core. And it's like, obviously like since I didn't talk about it, like no one really talks about this, but they're a great, they have a great defensive core. Um, it's among the best in the league. It's just like they don't have anyone in that core that's like as high profile as like anything the San Jose Sharks have, or like they don't have a PK Subban. No one's like lighting up the scoreboard necessarily. Uh, well, the goals. No one's lighting up the scoreboard with goals, but like they're probably the best defensive core in the Central. I'd, I'd be willing to go for that. Wow. Wait a second. No, I I have to disagree. You got Nashville there. You got to think about uh, that. Yeah, I, I like I, I like Minnesota, man. I, I like wow. that. I like that. Now that's a hot take. That is a hot take. <laughs> We're in the preseason <laughs> here for sure. Um, you will not catch any flack for that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Minnesota remains an interesting team. But yeah, the the mention Nashville Predators. Um, they had a great season last year. Didn't get back to the cup finals like they wanted to um, because, you know, a certain magical team from Vegas ended up ruining their hopes. Um, and, and, you know, they also, I think, that, didn't they end up facing the Jets? I believe they ended up facing the Jets. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and they still have basically everybody. Um, they re-signed Ryan Ellis, which is a vital part of their defensive core there. Um Kind of come back with the same forward group. Um, yeah, not not too many moving parts in Nashville, but again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So um, what do you think of this team? Are they the team of the cup final year, or are they kind of just dwindling and stuck in place? Yeah. Um, I think I had kind of a Stanley Cup or bust type season. I think I said that earlier, but like they're – they're so good. Like, <laughs> there's such a, there's such a good team. It's just like, I don't know. Like, it's a broken record talking about the Central, but like, this team's gonna make the playoffs. Like, probably have like over a hundred points, um, which is hilarious. But you know, they'll come in and have to win some really, really tough playoff series to even get out of the division. Um, but I think they're they're definitely the, the favorite to come out of the West, and um. Yeah, you know, that probably was a bit of a hot take earlier. This is probably the best defensive core in the <laughs> NHL, but <laughs> but you know, I I get excited about the Minnesota Wild. I I, I kind of like them. But um, yeah, I mean, PK Subban and Roman Yossi, like, I mean, that's probably in the last couple of years that's been the best pairing that we've seen. And uh, San Jose might be challenging them this season though for that. And uh, I don't know. I I think that like Pekka. The narrative, like the storyline with Pekka, is that like he'll have a lights out season and then maybe he's gonna have some trouble in the playoffs. Like that's been, that's been the issue the past couple seasons. But like I think that, I think that this is definitely a playoff. Like this is a playoff team and like that's just the expectation. It's not even like I, I think we can be a playoff team. It's like yeah, this team like we don't even want to play the regular season. Like let's just get to the playoffs. Yeah. So um, there's really not too much to talk about with them. Honestly, it's like yeah, they're probably gonna steamroll most most people they play and then like. Just comes down to how they play in uh, in May, you know. 
Yeah, it really does. Um, and one one part that one player that kind of stood out near the end of the season last year was um, Soros behind Rene. Um, you know, he's a pretty good young goalie back there, and you know, if Rene struggles, I mean, they could even plug him in. Um, but yeah, like like I said, they're like you said as well. They're a team that's gonna they're gonna make the playoffs. I I think there's no doubt about it, unless some you know massive injury concerns come around. Um, but they're very competitive, and and just that decor is just you know I think you got probably San Jose number one now, and then Nashville number two, and I'd put even us number three. Um, I, yeah. I think it's it's super impressive, uh, and and lights out for sure. Um, and when you have that, you don't need any real stars on offense. They don't really have too many as well. They, I mean, the Johansson, Johansson's and, and pretty Forsberg much it. Yeah. Oh yeah, Forsberg. Forget yeah, about him. Just about. I mean, those those are about the two, two. I guess noteworthy names. I mean, everyone else kind of just is solid. Um, so yeah, I like I like the Predators a lot. I think they'll they'll be competitive for sure. But the last yeah, so... team we are rolling into is the Winnipeg Jets, and now they are a team that definitely. I mean, I think they shocked some people who didn't watch them closely. But I think anybody that's been watching them knows that they've been, they've been, they're going to be a super competitive team from now on. Um, they've been, you know, stocking up on, on a lot of players, and and you know they ended up making a big deadline deal for Paul Statsny. Um, I I think that yeah, if if you didn't watch Winnipeg closely, last year was surprising to you. But other than that, I mean, they're they're right up there with the top of the NHL right now, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, kind of the thing about Winnipeg is that they've got all these these studs in their system. And then <clears throat> everyone this offseason has been not doom and gloom about the Jets, but kind of talking about how they have, they're going to have these cap problems in the future. And I think that's true. But, like, it's almost like a good problem to have for them because they've got all these great players that they, like, have to pay. There's like these guys that just came through their system and they're like, yeah, so I guess we got to give him some money now. Like he's pretty good. Like, uh, and then the, you know, these see, they extended Brian little a couple of years back, two years ago, I think. And now it's going to kick in. They're giving him a buttload of money. And then, uh, you know, they they extended Josh Morrissey. Um, and then like something like we don't talk about enough cause it's Winnipeg. Like they're not playing in the Metro is like Connor Hellebuck. Like what an amazing season he's like, he had last year. Especially coming into the season, it's like, well, he's probably going to back up Mason. And then, like, that didn't happen. He ended up, I think, what was the record? It was, like, uh, most wins by an American goalie ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's incredible, and that's awesome. As an American, it's it's awesome to see, like, an American goalie do so well. But um, I think they, yeah, they lost Paul Stasny, a couple other smaller guys that, you know, smaller names. But, um... Yeah, I think they're going to be just fine. I mean, they've got so much talent. Like, I don't even know where to start. And, you know, it's all homegrown for the most part. Yeah, it just seems like Atlanta kind of got screwed over because most of these players are still there. I mean, Blake Wheeler and, and Brian Little, you know? I mean, it just seems like it almost it almost sucks for them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Winnipeg, they're, they're super competitive. I, I think... I, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of the Blake Wheeler contract. Uh, I know they had to do it, 
but I don't. He's pretty know old. Big, yeah, I mean, he's he's thirty two, thirty three now, and and I mean, last year was a great year for him. So I guess you have to pay up because someone else would have. But um, yeah, it's just just a little too much, too much for me. Um, but yeah, I really like players like Kyle Connor. I think is is kind of underrated on that squad, and and I mean, Patrick Line will probably be a, a forty goal scorer this year. Wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. I'd um, love to see that. Yeah, and and Hellebuck, yeah, I mean, he got paid like he should have been. Um, and, you know, I think he, he's the future there. Um, you just got to make sure you, you live up to the expectations now because now you proved what you can be. And I think, you know, when you're in a competitive Canadian market like that, you just got to keep it up. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure they took a huge step forward, um, but they didn't take a step back. So... Um, they should be, you know, up there with the top of the West. Um, I think it's just maybe what they do at the deadline, who they add at the deadline, because this will be a playoff team, I think, for sure. Um, it's just who they end up adding at the deadline to kind of get them over the hump. It was Statsny, you know, last year, um, which, uh-huh. you know, got them an extra round, basically. Um, and, yeah. you know, when you run into Vegas and the hot year they had, I mean, there was nothing slowing them. So it's it's not their fault. They were basically a few goals away from so from being in the cup final, and I think they would have beat Washington soundly. Um, I think Vegas's flaws came out in the cup final that the Jets wouldn't have had. Um, so I mm, think yeah, I can see that. I I think yeah, they were <laughs> literally just a few goals away from a cup final and maybe Canada's first cup in you know however long. Um, I I really do like this team, but. Um, yeah, I mean, what, any last thoughts on, on the Jets? Yeah, I mean, speaking of guys getting paid, Patrick Laine, holy smokes, he's about to make some money. Oh, yeah. Dude, like, how much do you probably get, like, how Nine, much do you ten, think he'll get? I think he'll get 10. I think, I think he'll, he'll get, get 10. 10. I think so, because, uh, I mean, Sagan just got 8.5, and, a half, um, and he's, you know, he's a bill, but... I think it also, it depends on what you see um, Toronto's kind of core three get. Because Matthews is his comparable, yeah. more or less. And that's not just from the draft year. I think it's more just stats overall. Um, Nylander still has no contract as of this recording. Watch, he'll probably sign later this afternoon. Yeah, well, we're going to do um, another hour. About yeah, now. another hour. <laughs> just hold out for the <laughs> Nylander contract. Yeah. Um, so Nylander's going to get paid first, and I think he'll kind of set the pres- precedent. And, I mean, the cap's rising, but you're also headed towards a new CBA deal which that's going to be really hard to record a podcast during <laughs> um, during the next lockout. <laughs> so today, Gary Bettman signed a piece of paper, but it wasn't a new deal. Um, yeah, just something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Matthews is comparable there. What Matthews gets kind of depends. I think he'll get 11, um, but since he's a center, you know, they're always going to get higher, it seems like. Um, yeah. Line is going to take up a big chunk of their cap for sure, and he deserves it. I mean, he's a very, very good player. Just doesn't know how to grow a beard. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, don't discriminate. No, okay. Yeah. It's um, it's a funny beard, dude. Like, I actually kind of like it. It, it, it gives him a lot of character. Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like a goat herder yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like just... it's something between like Amish and goat, right? Like yeah. somewhere. In... <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. Very interesting, very for sure. Um, but yeah, that 
that's it for this episode of the Canes Country Podcast. Andrew, thank you for coming on, man. We we really appreciate it. You kind of helped us. Uh, Brett's a little under the weather, and, and we miss yeah, Kyle, man. but he just can't get on. So I'm happy to uh, uh, come out of the pen. Yeah, yeah, we're we're Please. calling you up. We're calling you up from now on. You better be ready. I mean, we've been trying to get Andrew on for the past. I don't know. It seems like six episodes. I mean, it seems like yeah, since yeah. April, but it's just been so busy and 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 schedules. You know, they're they're tough to line up. But um, yes, thank you for listening to another episode of the Canes Country Podcast. You can follow us at Canes Country on Twitter, like us on Facebook at Canes Country, uh, and follow us on Instagram at Canes Country Picks. Um, Andrew, where can they follow you at? Uh, you can follow me at Andrew underscore AHR on Twitter. Um, it's pronounced R, not air. I, yeah, I got it wrong. I've been saying air this record. whole time, and I'm so <laughs> glad I finally spoke to him about it because I've been so wrong. Um, you can also follow his work at canescountry.com where you can follow all of our works. And um, we are planning a live podcast this coming week, so stay on the lookout for that at Kane's Country. Um, it it should be interesting. We might get Andrew back on there if his schedule lines up with us. Um, but yeah, it it should be that this is going to be our first time, so we'll we'll be taking um, listener slash reader questions, and uh, you can post those at Kane's Country or on our Periscope feeds because we'll probably be streaming it via Periscope as well. Um, thank you for listening and goodbye. <laughs>